You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Doug Robbins. Well, before we get into the teaching of the Bible today, uh, I want us to just say a very brief prayer to just ask God to speak to our hearts. Would you do that with me? And if you're comfortable as we pray, just to reach your hand out as to receive. Uh, God, as we come before you and your word, some of us have been believers for a while and we tend to think we know it all and close our ears, but we pray that our spiritual ears would be open to receive from you today. Those that are spiritual investigators that are trying to figure out if you're even real, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them today as well. Thank you for what you're going to do and with your holy inspired word in Jesus' name. Amen. So a few years ago, um, I was on a trip on my way back from Brazil to here in San Antonio, and I was sitting at the Sao Paulo airport, sitting there reading my book, minding my own business, and I can hear the Portuguese over the loudspeaker, and I didn't understand it, so I didn't pay attention to it. Luckily, my friend Andre from Brazil was on the same flight, and he said, Doug, we're going to have to change gates. And our gate changed like three times that day. And that was the first time that it really dawned on me, if you can't hear and understand the message, you could get lost. I mean, there are worse places to get lost than Brazil. I mean, I could have stayed there, watched soccer, got robbed on the beach, you know, gone to carnival, all kind of stuff like that. But um, I wanted to hear the messages important to us as we go throughout life to be able to hear the important messages that come from God in the form of whispers. And you know, God's first language is not English. God's been around uh, for, for many, many years, for eternity, in fact, and he'd been around long before our languages were created the ways that we communicate with each other. So it doesn't matter whether your first language is English or Spanish or Portuguese or, you know, Mandarin, whatever it may be, God has these creative ways to speak. We're calling whispers. And let me show you an overview of this series that we've been in, in case you're coming for the first time today. We saw how God speaks to us through people, through what's called promptings of the heart, and also through pain last Sunday. Would you guys join me in honoring Humby for an awesome message last week, right? Is that good? And in, in case you missed that one and want to catch up, you can go to our website and scroll down to the front page, and it'll say podcast there, and you can tap on that, listen to it on SoundCloud or at Apple iTunes. But let me give you the rest of the series. Today, we're going to talk about how God speaks to us through desires, and then next week will be doors and then dreams. But we've been working with this definition of a whisper, is that whispers are gentle creative and intimate communications from God. And people whisper when you want someone to come close to you, right? And that's why God whispers to us. And we've been making this declaration throughout this series, hear whispers and have the guts to respond. So you know the drill. I'll say the first half. You say the second half out loud with me. Ready? Hear whispers and we want to be the people that step out in faith and respond to God when he speaks something to us. And do, does anyone here today have a need to hear from God about something in your life? I do. There are things I want to hear about. In fact, previous series we were in, uh, started in January, it was called 21 Days of Prayer. Remember that one? Where a lot of us were fasting from things because we wanted to hear from God so badly. We were fasting from foods, or some people were fasting from media, social media, things like that, because we wanted to hear whispers 
from God and position ourselves to do just that. And I was actually a little angry at some of you because some of your prayers got answered and some of your things happened. You had all these great stories. I'm like, wait a minute, mine didn't happen the way I wanted to. I was praying hard and my temptation was to think, God, you know, um, I was working hard. I was fasting for these prayer requests and, and I didn't see all of them answered. Some of them got answered, but I didn't see all of them answered like I wanted. Don't, don't answer the people's prayer. I'm the pastor around here. God, come on, I need, hook a brother up, man. I mean, uh, I, got, I need more material to talk about here. So come on, God, you know, can you answer mine? But look, the point is not always to get uh, what I desire. And um, what I, I think I have to learn and what, what I think I learned through 21 Days of Prayer series is that even when I'm asking for good things, it wasn't like I was asking for like a Tesla car or a Learjet or something, but I, even when I'm asking for good things, I have to wait for God's timing. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes he says, wait a while. But I think what it's about is positioning myself where I can hear a whisper from God. God whispers when he wants to, not when I want him to. He doesn't look at my calendar and say, hey, Doug's free at this time. I'll go ahead and whisper to him then. He's sovereign, see? So what can I do to position myself to best hear from him and uh, through my desires? Well, look with me at Psalm 37, 4. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the what? Desires of your heart. So could it be that the 21 days of prayer and this whisper series is not so much about getting what I desire, but aligning my desires to delight in him? And so my personal declaration as I studied this text this week is simply this, align my desires to delight in you, Lord. Align my desires to delight to take pleasure in you, Lord. I would agree with this really popular pastor and author, John Piper, who says, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And then the great C.S. Lewis scholar and author, uh, he has said, we are half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink and sex and ambition. When infinite joy is offered to us, our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. And some people have thought, well, when I come to church or when I start following God, I have to kind of hold down my passions and desires. But actually, the opposite is true. You have to crank up your passion and desires in the things that will bring you the most satisfaction, which is him. It is God. Some of you uh, couldn't relate to John Piper or C.S. Lewis, and maybe you can remember that Rolling Stones song. Remember when Mick Jagger sang, if you remember this song, just raise your hand real quick where he's saying, I can't get no satisfaction. Anybody remember that one? Well, what he's saying there is what a lot of people feel in this life, even when we get to do the things that we want to do that we think will bring us pleasure, they don't really fulfill us in the end. And so a lot of us are settling for these molehill pleasures of, uh, of all kinds of things in this life when we could experience the greatest Mount Everest of a pleasure in God himself. And I uh, remember this dawning on me when I was teaching a class just a few years ago. The class was a class on sexual uh, healing or I guess sexual brokenness. I joked with the last uh, service, you know, sexual chocolate. You know, you know, I, I, there ran out of things. But basically the point of the uh, class was to help people, you know, overcome shame and get free from destructive sexual practices. And the reason that I was uh, speaking in that 
class that night was because, you know, some of you know, in, in my past, I dealt with some pornography and some, some lust-related problems. And I explained to the class that evening that I started the long journey to go through a lot of process to get free of it. And ultimately, God just did a miraculous work in my heart and in my life and totally set me free from that. And what I explained to the class and what really dawned on me in the moment, talking to that group about my own personal story, was how the real treasure and reward of my whole freedom journey was not that I got set free from an addiction, but it was that I was able to lean in closer and be more intimate with Almighty God. He himself was the reward. What we really want at the depths of our souls is not so much an experience, a thing, but a person, the person of God. And since I had that experience, God has given me delight in giving hope. So people who feel like there's no hope that they screwed up too far or that God could never love them or like them, what I get excited about and what I enjoy doing like I'm doing today is encouraging you to know that there is hope no matter how far you've fallen or you feel like you're not cleaned up enough to come to God. The truth is you don't clean up in order to get to God. You come to God, experience him, and he does the cleaning in his time and his way is the way things actually work. Now, here's one of the things that happens is that as you and I delight in the Lord, we desire him, we delight in him, he starts putting passions and depositing desires into our hearts and souls. So um, let me show you this book that I looked at some years ago. It's called Blue Zones. And the reason I was interested in Blue Zones is because it talks about these zones on the planet where people live the longest and are uh, the happiest. So blue zones are where people typically tend to live over 100 years old. So you want to live to 100, you read the book, uh, Blue Zones. And, uh, you know, unless you have genetic problems, you know, or whatever that are going to make you die early, uh, you have a shot if you follow the practice of these people. Um, that's encouraging, isn't it? So anyways, they, uh, they looked at Okinawa, Japan, where people tend to live a long time. And they looked at the characteristics of those people there. Well, they tend to eat a lot of vegetables, smaller portions. They're in community, which, by the way, is why we should be in tribes. But the thing that was interesting to me about uh, Japan, uh, Okinawa in particular, is that people there have what they call an ikigai. And to the Japanese, the ikigai is your reason for getting up in the morning. It's your ultimate desire and passion, what motivates you to get up. And one lady that they talked about was this 102-year-old woman. She'd already made it over 100. And her ikigai was to care for and hold her great, great, great granddaughter every day. And she, she explained that when she holds her great, great, great granddaughter, she feels like she's stepping into heaven. See? As you and I delight in the Lord, he gives us these desires of our hearts. In me, he gives me the pleasure and the delight of spreading hope through God's word and through the grace of God. This woman, she gets to hold her great, great, great granddaughter, but God also will start to deposit into our hearts as we delight in him, the desire for spiritual gifts. And I wanna focus in on one of them today for the sake of time. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, one, it's the desire for prophecy. Paul says there to a group of Corinthian believers who had experienced all kinds of spiritual stuff, in their Greco-Roman world. He says, let love be your highest goal. 
but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives. Some translations will say spiritual gifts, especially the ability to prophesy. See? Especially the ability to prophesy. Now, to those of you that are new to church, this concept of uh, prophesying or giving a prophecy could seem a little odd. So I want to give you that bit of disclaimer before I tell you a couple of stories about this. Um, and I had some experiences this past week uh, that I observed in Northern California because I went to this church conference at this church called Bethel Church. And it was there that I saw this woman on stage. She stand up in a room full of like a thousand people there. Her name was Lindsay Coyle. And she spoke this word of prophecy over the Fremont, Indiana Community Church and this pastor there in in fact, this prophecy has been uploaded to YouTube. So if you want to look at it uh, for yourself for the sake of time, I'll just tell you what happened. But this lady, Lindsay Coy, stood up there and she spoke out these things about an individual pastor in the room. Can you imagine you're in this big room? She asks you to, you know, she calls out these things about you and says, if that's true of your life, would you stand up? This guy stands up. She was able to speak forth his address, uh, his that he and his wife were having their 18th wedding anniversary, the daughter's name, the wife's name, the fact that he'd gone on a trip to Mexico. I mean, all these detailed things about his life that she had never met this guy. And I'm, I'm standing, I'm sitting there in that room like, what the heck is going on here? I mean, what is, what is this lady, um, how does she know all this stuff? And the guy stood up, he, she spoke all these things and gave him a word of encouragement from the Bible. Well, after that experience was over with, I'm kind of skeptical and I'm thinking, yeah, right, dude. I mean, really, how did she know this stuff? I mean, she like looking at the conference database and get this information or she just doing a bunch of Google searching, you know, and searching on the internet about this guy. So I started searching on the internet to find out what I could find out about this particular pastor. Uh, his name is Pastor Josh Hawkins from um, Fremont, Indiana. So I searched him and I found some of the information that she said on, on the internet, but I couldn't find all of it. And then I talked to my friend Carlos, who goes to church at the church where I was at, and he said, no, she's legit. She's not like a charlatan. Well, I couldn't take it. I had to contact this pastor, Josh Hawkins. I contacted him last week, and I said, hey, dude, how do you know that she didn't like just search your information on the internet and everything? And he said, well, she could have found some of that information on the internet. However, um, the conference was a gift to me from some family members, and so they registered me with uh, someone else's information in order to keep the conference a secret to me. So she could have got some of that information, not all of it, but some of it on the internet, uh, but it would have been really, really hard for her to get all of it. Now, look, I'm not trying to convince you that this lady is like a true prophetess of God. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm actually still thinking through what I experienced last week myself because she was very precise in the things that she, she said over him. But I do know this, that there are spiritual experiences that are tangible and real. In fact, I went to that conference with a group of people and one of the people in our group's name is Michelle. And on a break from the conference, she felt like she had a spiritual experience. Something came over her. And that day we went and visited a vineyard because, you know, we had a little time off and Northern California has these great vineyards. And so we went and there was one lady working at the vineyard and my friend Michelle, she felt something come over her, like she was supposed to bring a prophetic word to the lady working at the vineyard. And she said it kind of quiet because she didn't want the rest of us to make fun of her, you know, because we tend to maybe do that sometimes. And she, she was like, ma'am, do you have a daughter? 
And the vineyard lady was like, starts crying. She's like, yeah, you know, I had two daughters and they both passed away. I'm here all alone now. And my friend Michelle said, the Lord wants me to tell you that your daughters are okay. They're just fine. And the woman's just got these tears flowing down her face. And I remember what I felt in the moment of that. There are no cameras there, no big conference there, just one person to one person. I felt, how good is God? How, how beautiful is God's heart that he would send someone from Texas to Northern California to encourage a woman who had been through some really difficult pain? It wasn't just about a magic trick of my friend knowing what was going on in this woman's life or uh, what area of her heart was wounded. But it was about God's heart and how beautiful it is that he would send someone in order to um, encourage this woman who was going through so much pain. And you know, let me show you this next verse to understand prophecy a bit more. It's 1 Corinthians 14, 24. And it's talking about in church and it says, but if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an ungifted man enters, he is convicted by all, he is called to account by all, and look at this next part, the secrets of his heart are disclosed. And so one of the things that happens when God whispers a prophetic word into your heart, it's for the purpose of bringing to light the secrets of someone's heart. If you have a prophetic word spoken over you, it's to reveal the secrets of your heart. I'll explain more of the purpose of that in just a minute, but um, I remember one experience I had of this myself. I typically don't have these types of experiences, and um, I wish I could control it and turn it on and off, but I've just not reached that level of spiritual maturity yet. But I was in Atlanta. Um, I was at a corporate gathering when I was back when I used to work in the marketplace, and I was there with a group of people from the company that I worked for, and we, uh, a group of us were sitting around a table there, and everybody was kind of sharing their thoughts on God and spirituality, and I explained my view of Jesus, and then others were talking about their view of God and things, and one lady in our group, who is a friend of mine, really sharp lady, earned a great income, really intelligent, I respected her because she worked her way through school, got her MBA as a single parent but she, she explained why she didn't believe in God, why she was an atheist. And then she told us all these books that she had read on uh, why you should be an atheist and how it's illogical to believe in God. And I don't know why, but in a moment, I knew something about her. And I said, Jan, the reason you don't believe in God is not because of the reasons you just gave us, but it's because someone who represented God to you hurt you. And this very to the point, strong woman just had a tear just rolled down her face, indicating the truth of what I had just spoken to her. Now, why would God reveal the secret of her heart there? Because I believe God's heart for her was to heal and encourage and love her that evening. That's God's heart. And you know how I know that that's what God wants to do through prophecy? Because of 1 Corinthians 14, 3, look at it with me. But one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and does what? Comforts them. So maybe some of you, like me, used to think that, or, or have always thought, because you've read through the Old Testament, and we think in the Old Testament paradigm about prophecy, and we think, the reason that God brings prophets is to point people's sins out and call them out. 
And we think that God revealing the secrets of our heart is that he's gonna embarrass us about some secret sin, and that is not God's heart. The purpose of prophecy is to encourage and heal and help, isn't it? And there is treasure in you that God wants to call out. When you go into a gold mine, what do you see? You see dirt. You don't see gold. You have to dig through the dirt in the gold mine to get to the gold. And that is what God does through prophecy. There is hidden gold inside each of you that God, by his spirit, sometimes through prophetic words, is mining for within you. And so someone here today, you think you're an addict, but really, you're a noble man. And God is drawing that out. You didn't even know that at the depths of your soul, that's really who you are and who you want to be. Someone else here today, you think you're an agnostic on the surface, but really, you do have this desire for Jesus that loves you. Someone else here today, you have someone who really hurts you badly, but really at the depths of your soul, you want to forgive because you know there's a spiritual promotion for you as you forgive someone. Someone else has a relationship that's been damaged and you're going to see that relationship restored. Someone else has been stealing, but you're really an honest person at your heart and you're going to change and repent of that today and turn towards God to receive him. And someone else is going to choose to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin because that desire, that treasure is within you. So would you bow with me in prayer? And as we bow before the Lord, if you would like to begin a relationship with God today and you never had one, and you don't understand why, but this overwhelming desire to receive a relationship with God has surfaced in your soul, I want you to just talk to him in your own heart. Don't have to say it out loud. I'm not trying to point you out and embarrass you or anything. But in the depths of your own soul, say to God, God, I'm choosing right now to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin. I know I've sinned, that's not news, but I'm receiving the good news today that my sin has been paid for on the cross. And God, I welcome you into my life. Thank you for coming in. There are others of us that have known Christ for a long time. And the Spirit is speaking to us today that God's not trying to smack you with like some spiritual hammer, but he wants to love, strengthen, and encourage you through a prophetic word. He's revealing the secret treasures that are within your heart that you're about to step up to. Because, dear friend, you're not a pervert. You're a man of God. And now let's step up into that new identity. Dear sister, you're not codependent, but you are a strong woman of God. Step up into your new identity. You're not in poverty. You can have great spiritual wealth in relationships and seeing God provide for all of your physical needs. Step up into the reality of your spiritual identity. You're not a leech who just mooches off everyone else, but you're going to be investing in others' spiritual well-being because you're going to step up 
into your spiritual identity. God, these are our prayers. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving among us. And we pray all these things in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen, amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.